Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Snell Nation. Tonight, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, about group rights or the group rights crusades um, and, and the uh, the con uh, that I believe it to be. But before I dive into that, let's just have a quick word from our sponsor. Welcome back. So. I hope everyone had a, a fantastic week. Um, it's been it's been a pretty good one here in Ohio, so I you know I can't complain. Life is good, um, but it could always be better. <laughs> but hey, thanks for thanks for swinging by and listening. So the twenty twenties, uh, really just the all of the two uh, thousands, um, especially two thousand nine forward has been um just one big group rights crusade show um where usually during the election cycle typically that's when a lot of this craziness happens for anyone who um is willing to just take a look at the patterns but during an election cycle especially the presidential election a lot of the same it's like a cycle a lot of the same craziness will will be brought up um and over the past decade, it's been this constant, just, you know, pick a group. Um, usually, usually it's blacks, but every so often there's, you know, Hispanics, there, there's Asians, or they'll, you know, gay rights, you know, transgender rights, <clears throat> all these different groups. And the politicians, they'll lead the charge and, you know, they'll make that their part of their platform. And this is why you should pick me over this person. You know, or why I'm better than this other person. And typically, you know, like most politicians, they say what they need to say to get in. And then once they're in, they just uh, sort of coast <laughs> and enjoy all that juicy uh, lobbyist money that, that gets funneled to them. Um, and then they just wait for the next, uh, they wait for their reelection. <clears throat> then they go back to that, that well that never runs dry, you know, group rights. And most of us, we, we tend to fall for it. Um, but what, what catches me, what catches my attention is when people talk about, you know, change, um, they'll look at current legislation and they'll see it <clears throat> as this beacon of hope or, you know, things will fi we'll finally get it right, you know, once this thing passes or once these changes are made um, to policy. And as many people have said before, um, and I, I believe it was Denzel Washington who said this, you, you can't legislate love. Um, and that, that's pretty accurate. But we, we, we just get sucked into the emotion and the, uh, the pageantry and everything that is um, the election cycle. And we just, many of us believe, you know, and if you listen to a lot of the things people have said over the past few years, you would think, that the, the Civil Rights Act never happened. You know, you would think that we don't even have a constitution, um, which, I mean, I, I know it doesn't really mean a whole lot now, uh, considering all the laws that have been passed over the past 20 years to sort of navigate around a lot of the amendments and take away a lot of rights and freedoms and liberty from a lot of the citizens, but I'll save that for another time. Uh, but Someone on the outside looking in would think there was nothing on the books in the past. You know, we didn't just realize it until 10 years ago and started fighting for, for rights, you know, black rights or, or Asian rights or, or whatever, you know. But I see these things and I see people get so excited about it. And 
you know, I hate to rain on on the parade of uh, the altruistic, but there's so many things that have already been done that are out there. There's so many laws that are already on the books. Um, they just have to be properly enforced, maybe adjusted. Um, some maybe even need to be reduced um, in regards to uh, a lot of the, the government overreach and things that we've seen over the past 20 years. Uh, I'm looking at you, Patriot Act. Um, but just to refresh everyone's memory, you know, I'm going to go back to, to the 14th Amendment. And that's the 14th Amendment of the Constitution of the United States. I mean, let me be precise. <laughs> and it has several sections. It's got about five sections. And, you know, I'm not going to read through it all. But the, the very first section, you know, re really says it all, you know. And if you go right in, it's about four sentences. But if you go right past the uh, the first sentence, um, and, and I will quote it directly. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. Seems pretty, pretty cut and dry. I mean, did, did you see anything in there that said, you know, blacks will, will be protected from this and, and Asians will be protected from that and <clears throat> gays will be protected from this or that? Well, no, no, because it, it's crafted in such a way. Um, there are portions of that are that should be a bit more specific, um, which left a lot of things open to interpretation, which is, you know, where we get our, our issues from um, our judicial branch and, and the way they read certain things. Um, but here, my observation, my interpretation is that there's a focus on individual rights. And this is something I, I've talked about over the past few years on, on several occasions, the importance of a focus on individual rights. And it, it's common sense. <clears throat> if you really think about it, if one person, if you focus on just that, the individual, and you ensure that all people have the same rights as that, 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 what, that individual, <laughs> which is the smallest, the real minority is the individual, then you can't go wrong. Then so many of these other things don't really matter. You don't need to focus on black rights if everyone has the same rights, if the focus is on individual rights. That's, that's, that's my observation. That's my opinion on it. The same thing with, if you look at, if you look at gay rights or transgender rights or Asian rights, Hispanic rights, if you just focus on individual rights, I mean, it's, it's right there. And I found myself in the past, I would get so frustrated, you know, thinking about these things. Like, I don't like I know I'm not the only person that's looking at this and wondering, like, why? Why are you focusing on just one group at a time at a very particular time within the election cycle? And, and it's every two to four years that the same things keep happening. And then I had to step back and ask the obvious question, the 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 uh, the, the questions that, you know, we're not really allowed to, to discuss in the mainstream and what takes me back to the whole follow the money. You know, so a few years ago, I started to just start with that. Just, OK, well, who benefits the most um, from this? I mean, it's obvious 
you know, just every, it's very divisive. It divides everyone up into all these different groups and it creates a lot of uh, disorder. Well, who benefits from that? Well, I mean, it, it's pretty obvious. I mean, you can see the money that that changes hands in in uh, in Washington and and the the uh, legalized bribery known as <laughs> lobbying, you know, and it, you can just look at the way the country is structured, and you can see that it's it's best for certain groups or for special interests um, to have a nation that is divided. Um, as much as a lot of these politicians that they'll come up and they'll talk about unity and all that. Um, but it it's not to their benefit, really. If 330 million people united, <laughs> I mean, that, that would be a very dangerous thing for those that truly run things around here and the, and the, the primary beneficiaries of, of the current system that we live in, this, this crony capitalistic system. You know, so of course that's not what they, it's great to say it. It's a great talking point, you know, but how do you, how do you talk about unity while, you know, well in the public eye while avoiding it behind the scenes, you know, well you just pull on the heartstrings and, and a little emotional manipulation and you focus on, you know, group rights, you just pick one. And with this country's history, you know, thanks, thanks largely to slavery and Jim Crow um, us black folks, we're, we're the we're the default setting um, when it comes to a lot of this stuff where they'll just go back and just br bring up slavery, bring up reparations, you know, it, it, every every election cycle, especially over the past, you know, the past 20 years. It's it's been hardcore. <laughs> it's incredibly aggressive the past decade. Um, but it's it's the well that never runs dry. And no matter how many times people go back to this and they dig into these these non-traversies um, like reparations, which I've spoken about that, but people will get just emotionally activated by this. I'm trying to use emotionally activated instead of triggered. So I'm going to say emotionally activated, you get emotionally activated and they get excited and everything. And everyone starts, you know, they break out their signs, they do their little protests and, you know, and, and go to the, the black lives matter and yada, 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 you know, without really thinking about the reality <laughs> Or, or the facts um, that a concept like that is is nonsensical. It, it it's it's an impossibility, you know. So I'm, but there are people that you know. Well, there, we need eleven trillion dollars to go towards this, and and people get excited about that, and they think that that's something that's like bringing us together, focusing on um, paying out reparations um, to individuals that were never slaves. And you're going to take the money from who? People that were never slave owners. And it's kind of one of those like, uh, duh, like how, <laughs> how are people not getting this? Like you're, it's just like people that get offended by history. I mean, history isn't there for you to be offended. It's there for you to learn um, and hopefully ensure that it doesn't happen again. Um, but if there's one thing I've learned from history is that people don't learn from history because we just keep going round and round um, just like with these uh, group rights crusades, you know, and it's 2021. I guarantee you summer of 2022, as we slowly creep towards uh, that presidential election cycle, the presidential election uh, for 2024, there'll be pick a group, you know, uh, blacks, you know, that, that'll get the focus for a little while. We do the same old shenanigans, um, just like in, in 2020. 
and they'll start bringing up slavery and Jim Crow and all the usual stuff. And so many people um, will eat that up, you know, and, and you'll have some people that'll just feel so guilty. Um, they'll feel like they have no choice, like they can't speak out against it. They can't be silent about it. They, they have to, you know, if they, if they don't become a champion for it, then they're actively acting against it. The whole like si silence and violence, you know, that that whole slogan um, that was just run into the ground um, in uh, 2020. But, you know, I wanted to throw out a nice little quote. Um, Ayn Rand, I, I, I go to her quite a bit, a lot of her old quotes. Um, and here's one from her. Individual rights are not subject to a public vote. A majority has no right to vote away the rights of a minority. The political function of rights is precisely to protect minorities from oppression by majorities. And then there's a little, little subsection here. And the smallest minority on earth is the individual. And she's, she's, she's got quite a few quotes in, in this, uh, that little piece is in uh, several books as well um, about the, the individual being the smallest minority, which is something that we, um, we seem to forget from, from time to time. Uh, well, actually a lot, <laughs> you know, but it, it, we have that, you know, we have the 14th amendment, and it's it's rarely brought up, you know, uh, in the mainstream media when they talk about um, uh, rights and, and justice and that sort of thing. Um, if you notice, they tend to steer away from the Constitution. And you'll see this on the left and a little bit on the right as well. Um, for whatever reason, when they have their counter talking points, nowhere near that they go into the Constitution and the different amendments that cover so much of this stuff. That people are acting like it's it's new. We're in uncharted waters, you know. It's like no, we're we're not. We <laughs> we've we've been a country for a, a, a very long time. Uh, we're talking two hundred plus years here, you know. So we we've had some time to make to make adjustments and write write some wrongs and uh, make make some mistakes as well. Um, but much of this is is a retread. It's a it's a rerun. You know, people think that they're seeing something new or experiencing something new, but not really. You know, some of the names and faces have changed. Some of the tactics may have changed, but eh, it's still we're still following the same glide path. You know, so you, you have the 14th Amendment. Then there's the Civil Rights Act of, of 1964. Now, it, it was enacted uh, was it, July 2nd, 1964. And it was focused on... Um, eliminating segregation. Um, uh, there was it was a it was big in civil rights and also labor rights. That's another another angle of it. Sometimes that uh, that we that we tend to forget. But um, that's another piece. And so many people they talk about it like it's it's something that's that's a relic. You know, it, it it's dead and gone. We need more. We need more. You know, and they recently made some adjustments to it. Um, and I believe it was last June uh, where the focus was on making the adjustment to add in sexual orientation or gender identity. So that was that that was an adjustment. And so many people were cheering like it was a this this big victory. And it was, you know, some call it a step in the right direction. Some called it like it was, you know, um, like the second coming of, of God or something. And. 
and I just, it was another one of those moments where I just, it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I don't, <laughs> I, I get it, but I don't get it. Like, if we already have things on the books, um, and a lot of the terms are somewhat general, um, which gives the interpretation of that focus on individual rights. But then you start making these, uh, these tweaks to it and making it very, very specific. You know, not necessarily the what happened last summer with this with the uh, adjustment of sexual orientation and gender identity, but when you the politics because you know, politics and everything, and you have that focus on one specific group, then you're kind of it's kind of counterproductive. I mean, if your goal really is unity and justice and equality and you know all these things, um, but every election cycle there's a focus on like just a handful of groups, and then just forget everyone else. And let's just pretend like we don't really have any laws that govern a lot of these things that include um, the protection of the the rights of the individual. Then you're working against yourself. You're working against you're a traitor to your own cause, I guess, is another way to say it. Um, But we just we just keep on rolling. You know, so, you know, how do we get here? Uh, eh. There's there's definitely there's a lot of money in the race industry and. Uh, that's something else I spoke on. And, you know, this is a, a billion dollar industry. Um, and I mean, 2020 was was a really good year. Um, bad for a lot of us normal folks, but great for organizations like Black Lives Matter. I mean, they raked in, um, I believe it was one hundred million dollars, um, uh, tons of donations and everything. Uh, they haven't done the greatest job with their bookkeeping. Um, they've had a lot of scandals come out where people were spending money on on cocaine and uh buying properties i believe one of their their major organizers had like a four million dollar uh real estate portfolio with all these different properties that she was buying um uh which in in neighborhoods that had little to no like minorities in it which is uh kind of well a little humorous uh just a small just a hint uh, of irony you know but uh you have that. And of course you have the, the politicians where they, they gain a little something from it. And 2020 was uh, pretty much what it felt like. It felt like the, the year to, um, to push for a change in leadership (laughs) at the highest level in this country. And it was a very aggressive push. Um, And the, the racial angle was the easiest. Um, So what we, what we had to deal with, uh, for four years straight was a constant uh, every everything is racist, you know, and this person's racist, that person's racist, you know, and, and this person's a bigot and all that stuff. And you're a victim and and, and I'm black and I've had people that, that would come to me and, and would talk to me as if I, I should be afraid. And like, are, are you afraid that of the, the neo-Nazis and the KKK? And I. <laughs> I just say, well, well, no, I'm, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't really, that's not really my thing. I don't really respond that way where someone just tells me that I should be afraid and then, I, and then I just go and be afraid. I, I take pause. I, I think about it. I, I do my own research. Um, but you had so many people that got sucked into that, um, into the frenzy, the, the racial justice frenzy um, to the point where you had people burning down their own neighborhoods burning down small businesses that were owned by minorities, just, just absolute anarchy. And we had months and months of that um, in 2020. 
Um, but of course, we had our politicians. We had celebrities and different people that were feeding into it. Um, and who suffered? You know, I mean, the, the people in those those low income communities are the ones that um, that suffered from all this, which that's typically how this goes. You have people at the very top that make a great deal of money uh, from the race industry and, and you have politicians that make their money and all their campaign contributions and donations and things they get um, from the mega corporations and, and whoever, um, which which deeply impacts our, our legislative branch, I would say the most. Um, but you, you have all that and the, the bottom, the bottom half of the country um, take the hit. I mean, you, you have neighborhoods that once had their own, you know, grocery stores, you know, things like that. They don't anymore. Why is that? Well, because in the summer, the summer of love, the summer of 2020 into the fall, um, many of these stores are ransacked, um, cleaned out, looted, and then burned to the ground. And many of these people, unfortunately, or many, I'll say some, um, they didn't have um, their their insurance up to date, you know, so it didn't include like rioting and all that kind of stuff. So um, they had to pay their own pocket to um, restock and rebuild some from, from the ground up because their places were completely leveled by the maniacs, uh, many of which were imported maniacs <laughs> and a handful of local maniacs. Um, but they were emotionally activated, went berserk, and destroy their their own their own communities and destroy. I mean, that's low, mostly low income areas. And they moved on, and then people just kind of forgot about it. And but there's those people that actually live there. They're they're dealing with it. I mean, we literally have um, areas that would fall under the definition of a, a food desert or the classification of a food desert, where people have to travel, you know, an hour, you know, hour and a half away to go pick up groceries or they have to catch several buses or pay extra money for a taxi or whatever um, because the local businesses are gone and they're, they're not going to come back. But hey, you know, uh, a bunch of people feel good. So I guess then all is well, right? I mean, because that's that's the uh, the age we live in where it's, it's just about feeling good. Right? We're not about results. We're not about core issues. Um, we're about just feeling good in the moment, not really thinking about the consequences, not really thinking about the, the the flow of the money and who benefits from all this, but just feeling good for a second and then going home and then calling in the day until we get emotionally activated again to run off and serve the means of someone else. You know, that, that seems to be the trend during the election cycle. So this whole group rights it sounds good, but w what are you actually doing? You know, we're, we're creating awareness. And I've heard this one quite a few times. Uh, we're creating awareness of the, the plight of, of, of the black man. I had someone tell me that now I'm a black man. And I just said, well, can you elaborate? Like what, what exactly is my plight? You know, not being able to you know, drive down the street without being racially profiled by the police, you know, not being able to go into this mall or that mall and buy the things that you want. And it's like, I don't, I don't agree with that at all. <laughs> and this person wasn't, wasn't a black man who was, who was telling me this about how oppressed I am. And, and, 
how bad I have it and how hard it is for me to succeed, even though I've been successful. And there are members of my family that have been successful. Pretty much all my family members and friends that worked hard are successes. <laughs> so that it's like, that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, the, the trend that I've witnessed, you know, are, are those that, that put the time in um, and live their life a certain way, got the most out of it. And those that live their life uh, committing to, to the, the wrong things and making uh, bad decisions um, raise the probability of uh, negative outcomes happening along their journey of life. I mean, it's just pretty basic stuff here. Now, yes, you know, there are some people that are born into uh, affluence and born into born into like a rich family, uh, that sort of thing. And sure, they have they have a, a bit of an easier go of it. Yeah. Um, but it's not impossible for someone to be born poor and to work their way out of that. You know, and, and people, they talk about the American dream and they talk about it like it's this myth, you know, and you know, I, I'm the American dream and you're the American dream. And, you know, I. I was born poor and I figured it out like, oh, hey, um, I need to get a couple degrees so I'll have some special skills. Oh, and, you know, every other year I need to dig into something else and pick up a new skill or a new trade. You know, I have to keep refreshing my abilities and, and, and reeducating myself on different things to keep up with the times. Um, and I, that's it. There's it's there's no magical formula like it's it's not rocket science I can assure you, um, but I can tell you what doesn't help is this focus on on group rights and getting everyone stirred up, you know every every election cycle stirred up and angry and demanding change, um, but of course not taking the time to focus on themselves or changing anything about themselves. You know, not focusing on any of the, any of the uh, internals, just all externals, which works well for a lot of the politicians and and the uh, and the profiteers of the race industry. Um, that that's great for them. They want you to lean on them. That gives them more power, more influence, access to more money. You know, so hey, come on over. That's <laughs> you know that that that's what they want. They don't want you to have any type of uh, resiliency or or self reliance or uh, anything like that. Uh, but I hope, I, I, I hope at some point we'll break the cycle. I mean, I, I try to, I try to be positive. I try to think positive thoughts. Um, 2020 definitely, uh, shook me, uh, quite a bit. So, um, the, the, the faith, my, my faith in humanity was very high, <laughs> And uh, I would say by October of 2020, it was at an all-time low <laughs> where I just, it, I didn't want to, I wanted to stay inside and stay away because once, when you, you guys, everyone have seen it. You guys have seen it. You've seen all the video clips of people at, at protests and then they're just going completely nuts and just start just flipping over cars, setting stuff on fire, you know, busting windows, robbing and you know, Apple stores and all that kind of stuff and foot lockers and, you know, and justice for this, justice for that. And, and, and of course people are dying. Um, I, I think what three, three dozen people I think died last year and uh, tied to, you know, either they were going to a protest, they were at a protest, which pretty much it was a pre-riot 
That's pretty much why I call a majority of them. Um, uh, or they were leaving and they were shot or they, they were trampled on and they were beaten to death or, you know, or there was someone who was just protecting their business and then, and they got killed. So when, when you see that, you know, it, it definitely makes you wonder. Um, uh, but there, there are some lessons in all this. And well, the big lesson is just how fragile, um, this, this whole society is, um, and how quickly things can dissolve and, and, and people can fall into this, um, this mass psychosis, this hysteria, um, this, this state of fear, you know, it, it truly is a dangerous thing, but anyway, those are just some of my thoughts. You know, I, I'm curious as, as to just what, what some of you think out there, um, just this, the state of it all, just where we're going, you know, and this, this, will we ever, you know, get back to focusing on individual rights and the true role of government, you know, or have we ever had the right mindset when it's come to these things or, or have we ever taken the time to really think it through? Um, I'm starting to question that. I, um, what I've seen thus far, I would say that, uh, we're, we're great consumers. Um, we're, we're great at, uh, taking in information. Um, we're great at, uh, being emotionally manipulated and, and directed. Um, but Hey, those are just some of my thoughts, but anyway, thanks a lot for listening in. Thanks a lot for your support. Um, and we'll talk again soon. Snell nation out.